Super. Here we go. All right. Are you ready, John? I am. Yes. Well, John, can you please introduce yourself to the Constructive Voices audience? Hi. Um, my name is John Smith. Is my real name. Um, lots of people ask me, is that your real name? So I always get that out there and go, really? Um, I'm a building services engineer uh, and a chartered architectural technologist. Um, and I have a company called CityZen in Brighton. And what does CityZen do? Uh, so we are an architecture and engineering practice, primarily building services engineering. Um, we look at building performance as well as the way a building might look and feel. Um, so if you imagine the architecture is just the box, we look at how that box is created and then all the things that go inside that box to make it feel good and work well and sort of its energy usage. So we like all the technical parts of architecture and engineering um, that other people might shy away from or not really have a good understanding of. Could you could you list two or three projects that Citizen has done that you're especially proud of and you know are good examples about working towards net zero? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the best ones we've done, um, we worked with the Southern Co-op Group um, over about three months and uh, I went and surveyed 200 of their buildings to look at their energy usage and their building usage and how they've actually, um, well, they, they have a very mixed uh, portfolio of buildings. So they have the Southern Co-op shops that most people will know about. Um, and they also have care homes, um, sorry, not care homes, um, caring lady funeral care homes. Um, so they have a, a real diverse sort of mixture of buildings, old and new. Um, and I was looking at the energy efficiency as well as sort of how they could become more sustainable. Um, so we did 200 of those and basically reported on every single one of them um, to sort of aid their where they were going to put money in their portfolio to upgrade buildings or upgrade the ways the shops actually worked. So I don't know if you noticed a few years ago, all the co-op shops changed to have fridges with doors on the front of them. Um, right. And that's um, well, why would that be? Enormous... Why, why would that be? What, what was the thinking? Um, just because they were cooling down the aisles in the stores, um, rather than just keeping the products cool. Um, so obviously, it was a lot of energy being wasted all the time, consistently. Um, so by putting the fridge doors on, that stopped all that cold air energy, if you like, or cool energy, being pushed out into the sort of the aisles of the store, and then getting mixed with the rest of the store which they wanted to heat to keep people comfortable um so they actually implemented that across all their portfolio of stores um so yeah changing that changing the um air conditioning units and the cooling units that they actually use for the refrigeration as well as looking at you know if they had glazing in the property what type of glazing it was so all the small things that go together to to save the energy for for them um, and that was really important for their sort of uh, corporate social responsibility so it was quite quite good um so that was a really good 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 project for us to to be involved with um and then on a kind of personal and business level um i was part of the brighton energy co-op which um you may or may not heard of, heard of. um and that now has um 
I think it's a portfolio that generates three megawatts of electricity in and around Brighton and Sussex. Um, and it's got, I think, 800 members. Um, so I was one of the first first eight people and we sort of came up with a strategy when the government came out with the FIT payments. And uh, I think the, the original guy who developed it, Will Cottrell, had been out to COP26 maybe. I think it was Copenhagen, um, and just came back and get, got going. There's this thing which is a climate emergency, and nobody seems to be doing anything about it. What can we do locally? Um, so we started to work out how we could put solar on buildings, and it went from a very small, well, a 37 kilowatt array to now we've got, say, three megawatts of power being generated in Brighton, well, Brighton and Sussex. And the surrounding areas, and that's and what, really what kind fulfilling. Of and I was, yeah. What kind of buildings are they on? I mean, are they on residential, business, or both? Um, so we went for the big hitters. So we've got Shore and Port in Brighton, um, and we've got various sheds um, that have big arrays on. Um, and then we've got churches, schools, um, other industrial units. Um, it's where we can get as big as possible. Um, to have the most impact as possible. Um, and it also, at the moment, is generating, um, not, not necessarily generating, it's creating the energy locally. So you haven't got any transmission losses, and it's also providing energy locally for the people in those buildings at a far preferential rate than what is being charged by the big um, energy providers at the moment. So it's kind of a win-win um, in terms of energy usage and and repayments, um, yeah, it's it's very very good. I'm very proud of that. Um, I'm no longer a director there, but uh, yeah, it's good. And, and so, so it's that particular project is saving money for the people either renting the buildings or owning the buildings. That yes, they're actually cutting yeah, down the buildings. I think, uh, yeah, very much so, as well as you know, cutting down the carbon used in that area um, on those buildings and it then the surplus gets fed back into the grid so it's uh, it is a, a fine balance of uh, what people use versus what actually goes out sometimes but um, yeah it's it's a it's a really good good thing which I'm proud of I'll, I'll give you a link afterwards okay. um, please do because yeah it's a really good good thing um, and then sort of more recently, Citizen has been sort of w working with uh, various developers, um, local councils, and looking at housing in general. Um, a lot of social housing um, as part of larger developments. Um, we don't do um, domestic projects anymore. Um, we tend to look at how we can improve the environment through larger scale projects. Um, so we've done quite a few uh, developer estates but then making sure that those estates have um, not just met building regulations but always surpass what the building regulations require lots of people just say oh yeah it's met building regulations it's amazing well that's the minimum standard you should always be surpassing it as much as you, know, you can push a developer to put the money in um, so yeah with air source and solar on on things and then improving the insulation and air tightness as as much as possible um, without being detriment to the environment within the buildings 
So it's uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing at the minute. So. As I'm sure you know, you know um, we're probably staring into a, a grim winter, not only in the UK but across Europe and, <laughs> and further afield. And yeah. uh, you know, I have to ask. I mean, is the concept of net, net zero being pushed way down people's agenda, whether they be householders or indeed business owners, that energy costs are what are you know are are going to make net zero not so relevant this 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 autumn and winter. Yeah, I think it's it's a really good opportunity to push the the sort of the whole climate change net zero energy efficiency. I don't want to say agenda because that sounds wrong, but it's you know it should be at the forefront of people's minds. Um, yes, it's going to cost everyone this year, and yeah, until I don't know when. Um, but at the same time, we should be thinking, well, if things are going to cost that much, why don't we look at reducing the actual need? Um, I wrote a blog last week just because I was having a bit of a rant um, that you know the best energy is the one that you don't actually use. So if you can work it out within your building to not use those sort of kilowatt hours of energy, be they gas or electricity, just by turning things off, turning things down, you know, I don't know why the government isn't pushing that agenda further it's free you know some uh easy sort of wins for them is just you know doing some i, I go back to the old public service broadcasting films of the sort of post-war era 50s 60s 70s even and uh, just saying you know turn your thermostat down turn the lights off yeah. i know it's really boring and it, it doesn't really help with the costs sort of the larger scale costs but you've got to think to be able to help people just a slight amount to think what is a kilowatt hour of energy and that's one of the things we found in our business was people don't necessarily relate energy bills to actual kilowatts of energy to then what that is in carbon and what does that mean um so we sort of always talk about sustainability but we ended up not necessarily talking about sustainability within our business, but actually talking about monetary sort of savings as well as the carbon savings because um, people understand money more than they do carbon. And that's one thing we've found quite a lot over the years. Um, so, yeah, it's now's the time to push it more than ever, I think, is the is the answer. Um, and it is, you know, it's, it's a, an ever-changing world out there and it's not getting any easier. So... So, so, so in your view, the actual energy cost of the living crisis makes it more imperative to have net zero energy reduction mm. consumption uh, at the fore. Now's the time to start people thinking about it, definitely. Because if, you know, if the energy companies dropped all their prices tomorrow, everyone would just turn things back on. And that's no good for the environment and the planet. So... If we talk about it now, at least they're thinking about it when the energy prices come back down and they're going, oh, yeah, but if I do start turning things on, you know, what's my carbon emissions? Um, I've always been sort of not an advocate of uh, people being having an awareness of their carbon every year. I, I think you know, one time in the future you might have a carbon, uh, almost carbon credits for every human life. 
So you stop, you, you have a, a realization of what that actually means. Um, yeah, sounds a bit totalitarian maybe, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's got to be a way of people understanding what, what it is they're doing, either you know, taking a trip in a car, taking a trip on a plane. What does that actually mean in terms of carbon? People aren't really getting it. They get, the, get it in terms of money, but um, in terms of carbon, you know, Every time you get a piece of plastic and throw it away, is that plastic being reused, recycled? Is it part of a circular economy? All of these things we need to really push home and think about. And I think um, I'm just turned into my 50s and I can see sort of younger people than me in their sort of 20s and 30s not really understanding all of this, but actually in schools and the younger kids and the people coming out of school, it is really important to them. And that agenda has been pushed. And I think it's quite, it's, it's really, really good. Um, so I think it will change over time, but yeah, I don't know when that time's going to be yet. Mm. Uh, constructive voices were at the foot footprint conference in, in your hometown mm. of Brighton back in June. Um, one of the messages that came across was that many felt there's not enough energy in action at both local and central government level in relation to net zero buildings, all that kind of thing. What do you think about that? Hmm. Totally agree. Um, we've been doing various projects over the years and um, I was one of the um, people we did a, um, it was called Pioneer Places in Brighton um, and myself and five or six other companies came together in Brighton to provide a analysis for the government as to how to or how could you retrofit buildings. Um, and what we did is we did 100, I think it was 100, yeah, maybe, maybe more, but it was definitely over 100 surveys, doing energy surveys and audits of domestic dwellings. You know, we offered it out to everybody we knew and the wider community and it was advertised on radio and local TV and all that kind of thing. Um, and we managed to get the people to actually take up the surveys um, with a view to um, a number of those properties would be given a free retrofit worth up to, I think it was 12,000, 14,000 pounds at the end of it. Getting people to actually do it is different from actually saying, Hey, you can have this free survey will tell you what your energy usage is and then getting people to actually take it on board and do things about it can be a very difficult thing if there's no government sort of funding behind it. And we found it was quite difficult even if we were giving away free funding. So some of the ones which actually won the free funding went, oh, can't do it at the moment um, because of X, Y, and Z. You know, could be work life or we're going on holiday. And we only had a, a three-month window to do all of this work and do the surveys and then get planning permission and then get the work done in these properties. So it was quite, quite a tough challenge. Um, and then we did all that. We proved that retrofits could work in various different building types. We did external wall insulation, um, flue gas recovery on um, boilers. Um, we didn't do any solar, um, improved air tightness, um, loft insulation, LED lights, 
yeah, all the kind of basic stuff, but with external wall insulation as well as the, as the key one for some of the solid wall homes in Brighton. Um, so we managed to do it all and then fed it all back to the government. And then the government literally cut the funding. And it was like, okay, so that was that. Uh, and then since then, there have been various government initiatives, which have been basically drops in the ocean in terms of funding, or they've gone through the motions and said, right, we'll have retrofit coordinators and they will look after retrofits and how it's going to work. And there's various funding pots for getting training um, and sort of match funding and things like this. And then that got stopped and that got cut. And there's just no consistent thinking from government. Um, it, yeah, do you think that, just seems, do you think that, you think that the, the, the energy crisis and the, 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 the call, the demand for um, subsidies to people's energy bills, that that's going to mean that mm. things like retrofit schemes are going to be you know, neglected further, I mean, financially? Is that what your fear is in this current climate? this current situation we're in. I think so. Yeah. I think I think it really will because the amount of money they're going to spend on topping people's bills up or not topping them up, but um giving financial assistance to to cope with their bills. Um I think there is the potential for for retrofits to be sort of left behind. But again, I think it's now is the time where you go, actually, okay, if there is going to be uh this financial crisis Let's look at getting over this hump now, but then putting in place a long-term multi-government timeline of looking at all the buildings that we've got in the UK and starting top and bottom down to work towards the middle because it's going to be the big buildings which have got the real energy-intensive usage and then it's the people with no money in the council housing and the social housing who have also got no money um, and it needs to you know, work at both ends of the spectrum to work down to, you know, to people like me who have got enough money to insulate our homes and put solar on. Um, you know, we're okay, but everybody else, you know, I really fear for how they're going to afford to pay for their energy. Um, and if there's no no landlords willing to you know, stump up for additional insulation or you know, aiding their tenants with led lighting or making sure that the double glazing is fit for purpose or whatever it might be um yeah it's going to be a real hell of a a year for people right so yeah retrofits has got to be part of that discussion um and going forward until till the whole country is done it's got to be it's got to be done um and and in your view sorry in, in your view how central to construction industry plan its part in net zero how central is retrofitting in the uk to that goal um i think it depends on where you look that most of the construction industry is driven by profit at the end of the day um if it's not making money then it doesn't happen um and the building industry is it's a difficult fickle industry and Post-Brexit, we've had a lot of migrant workers going back uh, to wherever they've come from. So we've lost a lot of the workforce. Um, we've also lost a lot of the driving uh, or drivers for deliveries. 
Um, so I found on sites that not only have costs of materials gone up due to current crises, um, getting labor has been difficult, getting deliveries has been difficult. Um, and if people aren't making money on site, then that whole thing is squeezed. And then to add, you know, we need to retrofit all these buildings. It's like, well, it's going to cost a fortune. Um, I don't think there's one answer to it, but, um, yeah, that's why I think it's got to be government led. Um, I was going to say before we went up to London to have a, a workshop at parliament, um, with various other, um, construction industry leaders, uh, and discussed how you could get retrofits to the forefront of things. And the, the easy one is you know, reduce the VAT on energy efficiency products, um, or even get rid of the VAT on energy efficiency products if you're doing a retrofit of you know, insulation and air tightness or you know, other other elements. Um, but so it did it did come in part for uh, PV. Um, but yeah, everything else seems to be a bit bit in bit behind. Mm. So. Uh, there seems to be also political pushback in relation to another important energy changing initiative solar panels we referred both mm. candidates for the the next occupancy of number 10 downing street talking about you know solar panels filling quality farmland uh, hazards for rural yeah. communities and food supply uh, how can you you know get get around that pushback and and, and you know emphasize the importance of solar energy to to, to I mean, there's, you know, there's a number of factors in there. Yeah. I mean, one, solar shouldn't be seen as the be-all and end-all, and it's only a, you know, a transitional energy um, system, if you like. Um, it could be that, yes, those fields are filled for X number of years. Um, if the government does what it says and gets nuclear energy online within five, 10 years, then those solar panels will be reduced. They can, they can go away again. Um, so it's not uh, a final fix. Um, and I think a lot of the large solar arrays that are being built are the likes of pension funds, seeing that it is a cheap way to generate energy and it's financially viable. Um, which is no bad thing, um, but I don't. I've not seen any data around how much or how many solar arrays have been built, and how many acres of farm or agricultural land have been taken out of use, and what that would actually mean. Because um, I can understand that you know, we do have a need for agriculture and farming and food production. Um, yeah, there must be a good student dissertation in that somewhere um, as to what the what the cost-benefit analysis of putting solar versus putting food um, in a field. But uh, there is so much space available on on buildings and existing unused pieces of land. Um, yes, yeah. if it's in the middle of the countryside and people don't see it, um, people don't tend to mind it, but it's, uh, yeah, does it take up agricultural land and is that of benefit versus, yeah, food? I'm not sure. I haven't got an answer on that one. I'd need to need to get some data. 
but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't see it as a, a full, um, what's the words, a full and final sort of, you must put solar there. It's going to be there forever. Um, the same with wind turbines. Yeah. People don't like to see new things and wind turbines. I mean, we've got a lovely big uh, array of Rampion wind turbines just off the coast here, and it looks great. Um, but I don't think it's going to be there forever. Um, you know, technology moves on. Um, and as long as it's moving on in the right direction, I say with, I don't want to say I'm, I'm pro-nuclear, but I think it's one of the only, again, a transitional period of nuclear until we get nuclear fusion. And then in the future, hopefully there'll be something else which is even better. Um, Staying with staying with the solar solar panel question, I mean, are, mm-hmm. are, are, do, you, do you think it's feasible that we can have them not only in big buildings and you know, and we have the wind obviously out there in Shoreham uh, off uh, offshore, but that you, you mentioned things like housing estates, public housing estates. I mean, could, do you think it's realistic and feasible to uh, erect solar panels that could provide energy for a given housing scheme, but you know, wherever that might be? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if the um the site has been well designed um, and the building orientation looked at um, as part of that design process. There is always a way to put solar on the roofs. Um, anything that doesn't face north, you can get a good uh, amount of energy from. Um, so southeast, east-west facing or south-facing is great for solar. Yes, if it's east-west, you don't get the full um benefit of the sun so it'll either be morning or evening sun you get um but yeah you'd be surprised how much energy you can generate um and it's usually enough um and if you tie that with battery storage as well um you you can get a hell of a lot of energy for a domestic home um from a four kilowatt array say and that would normally be quite easily put on a, a standard domestic two up two down roof mm-hmm. and obviously that will reduce bills won't it i mean for for, for the households absolutely yeah 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 you'd be surprised how much energy you can sort of save over a year um but as i sort of tell everyone it's uh it's a bell curve so obviously during the summer you get more energy than what you do in the winter so it's you've got to look holistically at buildings and go okay summer summertime usage we can take that out with solar um and we can we can store some bit in the battery so we can generate during the day when people are out at work and then use that energy at night from the battery systems um but during the winter it's more about the heating usage um when you can't necessarily generate electricity um or can't generate as much it still works but it's not not as efficient so it's then it's making sure that the buildings are well insulated so you don't have to use as much again best energy is the energy you don't have to use um it's it's using that minimal amount of energy to create the comfort within the homes um and that's kind of where it's you have to look at all the holistic elements of insulation air tightness 
controls how the building's actually being used um, and that's more more of a problem during the winter and that's why this year's energy crisis is is going to be really hitting a lot of people because yeah nobody's been looking at their homes and uh yeah nobody's nobody's talking about turn your thermostat down look at where you've got gaps around your windows and uh, yeah, seal them up yeah, all the little things that you can do to start with get big curtains it's it's uh yeah gonna be tough do you think that people or ordinary people out there are, are as receptive to the kind of ideas you and concepts you're 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 pioneering as the industry is as the construction industry is itself do you think people do get it that there are things that can be done to make your your the building you're in more energy efficient Hmm. That's, that's a difficult one I've, I've had all sorts of clients over the years um some have not believed in climate change um some have been quite well solar panels they don't work do they and uh and wind turbines only blow when it's windy it's like well yes all, all of those things but uh it's it's trying to prove to people and i think that's where the the sort of financial cost of things if they see the cost of energy and they can't afford that energy and they think oh my god where does this energy now come from how do i how do i save it that will start people thinking and trickling down that sort of right okay my energy comes from is it the power station down the road is it all those solar panels do i need to get solar panels what what is it that I can do to help myself? Yeah. It's uh, it's been quite funny. We've we've done various retrofits for people, um, and some of our uh, family have put solar on their roof, and all everyone else in the street's gone. Oh, should should we do that as well? Does that work? Um, and it's very much it's it's not necessarily in in certain people's sort of field of vision. Um, I'm always surprised that uh, I've got an inquisitive mind and I'm always looking at, you know, is that new thing, what everyone should be doing or can we integrate that within our processes and systems and for future buildings? But a lot of people just work day to day, want to live their lives and not, not really worry about it. And it's only now when they can't afford the energy when they're going, oh, what do I, what do I need to do to be able to afford to live you know, in, the, in the life that I want to live? Yeah comfortably warm safe environment so i think it's yeah so now's now's the time to talk about it more than ever um, yeah so in many ways this crisis could focus minds more on energy efficiency in the home and the workplace i hope so yeah i really hope so and i think if it doesn't we've lost a really big opportunity to go or at least to go hey do you remember when we couldn't afford energy back then? Well, now we can't afford the planet dying and having that conversation. But um, a lot of the time, again, it's if people don't see the flooding and the changes in the weather and erosion of sort of bodies of land and uh, yeah, digging up the earth to get oil and gas out of it, they're not not fussed about it. It's just you plug something in, and it works. That's, that's how it works, right? <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's making sure that we keep people talking about it and understanding it 
and um yeah if you if you can't afford it then people tend to ask why not and what's what's the reasoning for that um, now yeah. now your your business has a relationship with the university of brighton as you do can you just outline that broadly what that is yeah sure so um i went to brighton university um i'll say I was a mature student after I'd been a building services engineer for about 15, 17 years. I can't remember how long it was now. Um, I went back and did a degree in architectural technology. And then ever since then, um, I've had a really good relationship with the university. Um, and then two and a half years ago, um, there was a, an opening role there for a part-time lecturer. Um, so they sort of said, Hey, you should come in and, uh, and help us. So, I've been uh, lecturing their um, architectural technology students, project managers, QSs, construction managers. Um, yeah, so everyone within the built environment that's not necessarily an architect, um, I get to sort of talk to and talk with about all the projects that they have to do throughout the year. Um, and I will look at building regulations. I will look at sustainability. I will look at working in practice. Um, I will look at planning um, and how to actually draw as well. That's one of my big, big elements. So I teach teach them all OCAD, and uh, they all, yeah, have have fun with that. So it's it's quite good. Um, but again, it surprises me how they think kind of literally about things they, they very much take it verbatim and go right okay that's the way it goes and we try and change them and create that uh inquisitive mind about how things work and what things might work and why and you know all the things within the built environment so yes it's, it's I, I really enjoy it i really enjoy sort of giving back to them and going giving them a flavor of what it's like in the real world when you're trying to work with a developer who wants something for X number of pounds, um, a client who needs something for X number of pounds, um, a builder who wants to build it for more than what both of those people want to pay for it. And it's finding that pragmatic middle ground and also then working within the bounds of these are the building regs, these are all the things we legally have to do. And within those building regulations now, um, since June this year, they've improved significantly um i say working towards net zero and we have to look at more sustainable measures we have to look at the thermal junctions of buildings um as well as the sort of thermal performance of the walls so it's the you know, wall to floor junctions the sill to head of a window junction and things like that and it's getting that through to the students so that it's just it's not just what's well, the building we're going to build it it's all the very small things that go together to create that big picture um, so yeah i really enjoy it and are you encountering novel ideas coming from the students themselves you know the the, the future architects the future engineers are, mm. are they coming up with concepts that are surprising you uh, in relation to the the field that you're passionate about um for me it's terrible it's never enough Right. it's good fun they've always got some good good ideas about uh, oh well we'll just we'll use all the pv that's on the roof for you know, the landlord's services and this part of the building and this part of the building 
And then I'll go, okay, but is that enough energy? And they'll start thinking, they're questioning, oh, well, we could put it over here as well. We could do this. Or if they're looking at a combined heat and power plant in the basement, it's like, great. How are we going to do that? What else could we do? Could we do a district heat network? It's like, yes, that's a great idea. You know, it's, it's putting all those things together. And I think it's it's really good. I think there, there's some good 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 students coming through, um, but we just need to keep keep pushing them in the right direction. Um, yeah, so some, some and, good, and do good they ideas. get do they get practical channels in in the in the industry to express those ideas, put their put those ideas into practice? Um, yeah, I mean, it's two two ways. They uh, all of the students which I look after go out and do a sandwich placement year. Um, so they do two years at the university, and then they've got the option to do a sandwich placement in practice to see what it's like in reality to work. Um, some of them go out onto site and work. Some of them are office-based, depends on what what role they're doing. And then they come back and do the final year. And then in the final year, part of that is um, very much project-based. Um, and as well as myself, there's at least three or four other um, external examiners from industry who come in and they talk about their project and then myself and the external examiners will quiz them and really drill down into what they're doing and what they've what their ideas are so they get a really a good bit of feedback um they do do that in the second year as well but we're not as harsh on them um but yeah so they, they do get some good some good industry feedback um and they get to get to go out in practice as well mm. yeah. Given the goals that you, you, you work towards the principles of net zero and energy efficiency and savings, um, what tips would you give? What key pieces of advice would you give to recently qualified architects and engineers? What would they be? Ooh, that's a good question. I think the, the key ones are always think why why you're actually doing this and what the end goal is and then how is the sort of the principle of do I actually need all of those products within that building? Can it be simplified? Can we make it easier? Can we insulate it more? Um, And then looking at in terms of energy is how can we make it more energy efficient and not actually use energy in the first place? And if we can we can keep improving that, that's that's really good. That's that's my key sort of things is keep it keep it simple, keep it energy efficient. Then you can look at generation of energy itself locally. Um, and if you can do that, then the, the final fallback is you know, generation within the local local area. I think there's there's a few good good examples of that throughout the country now and it's really easy to to find where people have done good exemplar projects and it's just keep keeping keep inquisitive and keep the mind in mind that you, know, you don't want to waste anything be that materials or energy and that's that's where you've got to start is think do we actually need this building in the first place and sometimes we go into clients and meet them and they go, oh, we need all this new space for our project. Um, and 
and we'll look at it and go, actually, why aren't you using all this existing space on the site already? I mean, you've got all these buildings. Why don't you just reconfigure them? Don't build a new building using up loads of existing materials or new materials, sorry. Use what you've got. Um, yeah, so it's, it's keeping inquisitive and asking, how how can I improve this? And do do we actually need it? Uh Let's return to one of the big themes that's casting a shadow over all of this. And it's, of course, again, the energy crisis, the cost of living crisis, the the, the pen, pending winter of uh, mm. gloom and doom <laughs> that we're, we're being told about. Yeah. Uh, what do you say in counter to the line that, Net zero is all very well, but you know we can't afford it this year. It's not going to happen. Uh, and whilst this crisis continues, the, this war in Ukraine could go on for a very, very long time with its uh, reverberations for, for for global energy and and production. So you know that that that's, that, that has to be a secondary consideration. Net zero. What do you say in response to that as a final kind of message? No. <laughs> Why? I think the it, it's got to be, you've got to look at it now. I mean, one of the things which I always, well, when we started Citizen, we were looking at security of supply and where is that energy coming from? Um, because we knew that there was going to be a government push for air source heat pumps at the time. We didn't realize that electric cars were going to be quite as big as they are as well. So we've got all this additional electrical usage coming online this was 10 plus years ago and we were thinking right we need to look at security of supply because we're getting a lot of our electricity from france and gas from europe and and beyond Um, how how are we going to sort of equate this what happens if and we were pushing sort of sort of within the um, chartered institute of building services engineers and asking those questions and nothing ever came of it and now it's come to fruition that you know everybody's energy suppliers throughout europe have been you know based on russian gas uh and russian oil so it's really about looking at our country and everyone else should be looking as well and saying hey how can we help each other to ensure our securities of supply um but the how you tell somebody who's on benefits or disabled this year what what can they do i I really don't know and it's really upsetting in terms of how people are going to cope um on the sort of lower tiers of the breadline it's yeah it's really sad and I, i don't i don't have an answer for that but we need to just push the net zero retrofit We've got most of the buildings in the UK are old buildings. They leak in terms of energy and air and heat. Um, And that needs to be sorted out. And if we don't sort that out, we're never going to get to the net zero point of this is how much energy we're not using now. This is great. This is how much carbon we're not using now. This is great for the planet. So it's it's a really a win-win, but it is a long-term thing and it's not – it's not going to be fixed this year, um, and that's a really sad, sad state of affairs we're going to be in over the next six months. I think. So, sorry well, to be doom and gloom. 
No, no, well, actually, you said you didn't have any answer, but you did provide an answer in the end by saying, by outlining yeah. the long-term answer, if you like, to all these problems. Is there anything you want to add mm. before we wrap up? Is there anything you want to say about the company or what you intend to do next? What's what's the next big, exciting project you're working on? Feel free. Um, ooh, well, we're doing lots of lots of little interesting ones at the moment. Um, we're doing a few school extensions and uh, we're looking at um, a number of projects sort of for local councils, which hopefully we can improve the energy efficiency of um, and the creating some new builds and some new social housing. So that's, that's in our next, next few months sort of going forward. Um, yeah. But it's been a hard few years in terms of uh, the pandemic and, you know, finances have been really interesting for the whole sort of construction industry it's been very much feast and famine for us um and i think the next six months is going to be exactly the same um anyone who's a business owner out there i totally feel for you um it's you know locally we've had a number of companies go into administration be they um, contractors architects and other people in the in the business so it's it's a hard landscape to work in at the moment but um it's it's always exciting and uh, yeah, on to, on to the next big thing, whatever that may be. We live in interesting times, eh? Uh, another yeah, curse. very much so. I, I never thought we'd, uh, be, yeah, be living through a, a pandemic, uh, a war in Europe, and uh, a, yeah, financial crises. It's, it's yeah, it's all happened in the last few years. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. look, I, I'm happy, Jackie. Can you, do you want to come in, Jackie? Yeah, I'm also happy. I, was, I covered all yeah, the bases. Can you not hear me? Yeah, it says yeah, John. John, yeah. John was great, yeah, and I, I, I thought thought it was very, very yeah, absolutely eclectic and across the board. You know, it's specific yeah, and I thought so as well, John. Yeah, yeah. really good. Yeah, perfect. Really I thought good. so as well, John. Are you happy yourself? Are you comfortable with how it all went? Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm always happy. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> good. Okay, good for okay. you. <laughs> just as just as well as you brushed over the last few years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got to be. Yeah, yeah. just as well. well we have, yeah, we have absolutely. To absolutely. <laughs> anyway. That's it. That's yeah. it. No, I thought it was it was absolutely spot on. We covered, you know, everything that I hope we would cover it's very comprehensively. Um we will probably broadcast sometime during September, but I will be in touch with you yeah, in know. the meantime. Cool. Uh, ask you for some nice, if you have any nice imagery that we can use on the site and social media. Yep, sure. Um, and when I have a finalised date, I'll let you know, obviously, as soon as possible. And we can also collaborate a bit on social media to yep. to get the best out of it for you. Uh, yeah, That would be amazing. Uh, let me just yeah. put in... That's about Brighton Energy Co-op. Um, I'll just put that okay. in the chat. That's yeah, that's a good a good thing that I always talk about. Um, just because it's been so well received um, and it's mm-hmm. done so well. Yeah, we've gone from okay. a few people putting in a couple of thousand pounds each to yeah, it's now got three million pounds worth of asset, and it's wow. just a wonderful thing. That's so. impressive. Yeah. I'm clicking I'm stopping the recording okay. so there might be just a, a quick a quick interruption hold on <laughs>